This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Good morning. Welcome to... Man, oh man, I tell you. This, this show's a hoot. Um... Welcome to Newsmakers 1490 WDA and Linda Bolton in the studio. And gosh, I could not be happier. Uh, with me this morning are Danville Police Officer Danielle Llewellyn and Josh Logan. And they are here uh, to talk to us about clothes for kids. We were just doing a little reminiscing, a little <laughs> chatting, a little behind the scenes chit chat from the day. So good morning. Welcome. Josh, slide on good up. Morning. Good morning. It won't bite you, I swear <laughs> to God. Good it's morning. okay. <clears throat> Good morning. So, tell me what Clothes for Kids is. So, Clothes for Kids is an event that the uh, Danville Police Department puts on every year around this time of year, about November, first part of November, um, through our Danville Police Charitables organization. We reach out to all the county schools in Vermilion County, and I meet with or speak with the social workers and, and try to get three kids per school that they feel meet the criteria per se to that would benefit most from the program um, we partner with Coles here in Danville and um, these kids meet us on a Saturday and we go shop so when's it going to be a Saturday November 13th at 10 o'clock okay so how long has clothes for kids been around do you know I knew you was going to ask that question, yeah, and see? I don't remember. I know this. I is don't my, either. That's why I was asking you. I want to say this is my third or fourth year. Yeah, it's doing been around it. for a um, few years. Um, Detective Wilson t- had it before, and I don't know how many years he did it before. Okay, okay. So, um, Danielle, it's important. Um, uh, one of the things, um, as um, as Josh said, Officer Logan said, you uh, you work with uh, social workers. You make sure that the kids who get to come are the kids that need. Correct. So the social workers with our district here in District 118 are able to, you know, work closely with the kids one-on-one, numerous kids a day, and they're able to recognize and understand their whole story and what kind of needs they may need, being clothing particularly um, one of them. So we know that that's going to be our quickest resource that we have available to us to recognize the kids that are in most need at the time. And Officer Logan, part of this deal is it's uh, the officers there helping the kids shop, correct? Sure. Talk to me about that because that's a big deal. These guys, uh, these guys step up and come and wanna wanna be with the community and uh, share this experience. Sure. So each kid that comes in will get partnered up with a police officer there, a fully uniformed police officer, um, and we'll take the kid or they will take the kid and and they go they go shop. Um, I I love this program. To me, you get a chance to see that child gets a chance to interact with the with the police. Um, in a in a different way than sometimes they most have to see it and to see you as a person which i think is one of the yes yes uh, okay thank you huh what <laughs> I, I got you okay all right um so um uh, how many kids normally participate you said three from each school so what how many are we talking about yeah so last year well last year we unfortunately didn't do it due to due right. to covid um, the year before that, I believe I had 47 kids show up. Wow. So typically it's between 45 and 60, depending 
Um, usually every school's good about getting back with me. And then if they show up on that Saturday is the, you know, some kids just maybe don't have transportation or are afraid to ask or something like that. Um, I do know District 118 when I meet with them. If a kid has trouble with transportation, we always try to figure out a way to get them there oh, with a okay. bus pass or something like that. So, Officer Llewellyn, why is something like this, um, what does it matter to you? Well, dealing with our kids in our community is so important from every aspect, no matter what the resource is. As officers, generally, you know, we can give the whole spiel of most altercations or incidents or, you know, contact with children is a lot of times in a bad circumstance, a bad situation. So we're viewed in that perspective. So this gives us a chance to show the kids that there are good things that we can do to help out when we are available. It gives them an opportunity to see us in that different light, to see that there's positive coming from us and positive coming from them as well in being able to help them in a time of need. So what's it like for you, Officer Long, when you're um, with the kids? I mean, what what kind of feedback do you get? Are kids kind of nervous being around you guys? Are they comfortable? They're just kids. Hey, we're going to go shopping. <laughs> we're just going to go shopping with a police officer. Uh, What's it like? I think when when they first come in, I think they're a little nervous at first. But I think after a few minutes of, of the interaction and, and, and the officers kind of talking to them and, and – they they start to loosen up a little bit, and by the end of the time, by the by the end of the time you're done shopping with them, it is you almost kind of hate to see them go, you know, and to see the look on some of their faces when they get the the items that they're able to purchase, and and not only their face but their parents' face or their their guardian whoever brings them, and, and to hear them say how thankful they are that this program is still going and that we're able to do it is is. I mean, I don't, and sometimes to me, and I don't mean to sound like cheesy, but kind of like overwhelming, <laughs> right. like because no, to is. see the smile and the looks on the kid's face and well, to know that you're able to help yeah. put that smile on their face. I've always been a big believer in the fact that, that when people have contact, most people, as we know, never come near you folks unless the world is turned upside down. Mm-hmm. That's not a good place to be. Um and so they really, unless they know you in private life as people, they really don't know anything about you or what you do. People are fascinated about what you do. Um, when I, I find myself thinking about that every once in a while. I've been around law enforcement for so long because of, of being a reporter so many years ago. So much I learned from the, the county department and from city. Um, I'm used to you people as people, <laughs> but most are not. And I think that's where a lot of the confusion and the misunderstanding comes when we talk about law enforcement. We, I think we talk about law enforcement as a thing, and it's not, it's people. Mm-hmm. One of the things I've been impressed with <clears throat> lately on doing interviews for uh, for a high, for police applicants is how many of the candidates who come before us talk about their goal is to serve the community. And I, I sit there and I think, man, if people just could hear that and understand it, things would change. So talk a little bit about that, Danielle. 
You know, it's interesting that you bring that up because I'll be honest with you, when I first applied, and I think other officers can concur, I thought, okay, why do you want to be the police? I want to help everybody. But the reality is sometimes we can't help everybody. No. And you mentioned that, you know, a lot of these kids, the situations that we are involved in with them is typically a crisis situation. So it's not their fault. It's not the adult's fault. It's not the children's fault that we are only there during a situation like that. And trying to be there in situations that we would rather be in, we're just not allowed to do that because there's just not enough time. Um, We have so much going on that we have to attend to. Doing the community end of the policing um, is really tough if you're not running organizations or events such as Clothes for Kids, Junior Citizens Police Academy, Friendly Town. So being in the schools for us is very helpful because we have that time to be able to build those relations and show them, even though it's still a, a tough battle, building those relations and showing them that we are people. We do care about you guys. We want to be there for you and not just during crisis situations. Well, the tricky part is you, you, know, you want people to understand and to recognize you as people and to communicate with you, but we have to do that as citizens. We have to do that within the parameters you give us, which is that you have ultimate authority over us, quite frankly. So as long as I remember that and I know what my guardrails are and you know as an officer what yours are, we should be able to get along. It just gets complicated sometimes. Officer Long, uh, one of your big things this past summer was Friendly Town. Talk to me about that because after, <clears throat> God, what is it? How many years? Um, I think this would have been year 50. 50. I was going to say, I thought it was around 50. Yeah. yeah I think Amazing. This 50. Yes. And you were, you were overrun with kids at Lincoln Park. Talk to me about that. I was. This year we had an amazing turnout um, for Friendly Town. Um, I ran it seven or eight weeks. I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, Ten kids per class in the morning and the afternoon. Um, It got to the point I had to turn away kids, unfortunately. Um, I probably could have ran it another three weeks um, with the amount of kids I had to turn away. So um, it occurred to me when we were talking earlier, is what you teach um, in Friendly Town different than what it was back 50 years ago. <laughs> I mean, because now you have to think about things like cell phones and speed mm-hmm. and distractions. So, and uh, What about that? Yeah. How do you do that with those little kids? Yeah, times have definitely changed from when it started. Um, one of the big things that I really hit home on um, during our week at Friendly Town is cyber safety because a lot of the kids now, are they spend, unfortunately, a lot of the time on the, on the internet. Um, so we talk about password safety, okay. safe websites to go to and what not to go to, and speaking with your parents as far as uh, what we should be doing on the internet and, and our tablets and iPhones and stuff like that. Um, that's one of the main things. And then another thing that we really talk about is calling 911 because nobody has a home phone now. That's true. You know, So I always show them how to call 911, how we can call an emergency on, on our cell phones without a password, you know, how, how to get to the emergency part on there. So that's that's a big one, too, that I'm sure wasn't around 50 years ago. I'm sure not. <laughs> I'm sure not. Um, so uh, before we uh, go to break, I do want to take a moment just to send out a big shout-out to the Lincoln neighborhood, though. My gosh, those folks stepped up for you. Tell us about that. That I, is really cool. They sure did. Uh, Mr. and... Uh, Ed Dwiggins and, and Mrs. Brenda Dwiggins, I hope I got their name right. Um, Mr. Dwiggins had stopped by Friendly Town one day this summer and just to see how things were going. Um, 
and asked if I needed anything. And at the time, I told him that the batteries on our on our electric cars were not staying charged long enough, and that the tires were starting to go bad on them. So through him, his wife, and their neighborhood association was able to purchase uh, all brand new batteries for all of our electric cars over there, and tires for tires for all of our new cars over there. What a terrific thing so, for yes. Lincoln neighborhood to do! Yes. Thank you so yeah, much. Yes. What a what a great great example of folks seeing a need and stepping up. Yes. We really appreciate that. We're going to go to break, and then we're going to come back, because both these officers happen to be school resource officers, so I'm sure they have some interesting information to share with us on Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. 1490 WDAN. Good morning. Welcome back. Oh, good morning. Good morning again. Welcome back to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. <laughs> Linda Bolton in the studio this morning. Too distracted talking to two fine Danville police officers, Officer Danielle Llewellyn and Officer Josh Long, and very happy to have them with us. They're talking. They've been talking about clothes for kids, but as with most of our department, um, they're busy with all kinds of things. So these two officers also happen to be, uh, you know, uh, Officer Long uh, just finished up Friendly Town, of 50 years of Friendly Town, 50th year. Very successful. But they do all kinds of things. And one of the things that they are assigned to do is school resources. So talk to me about that. So, Danielle, how long have you been a school resource officer? I believe this is my third year Okay. as a school resource officer. I'm currently assigned to the high school. Okay. Tell me about it. What's it like? It's what do busy. You do? It's very busy. Um, because I think, again, we're back to school resource officers, something people don't always understand. Correct. So first and foremost, um, I want to say, you know, we are back in session, obviously. We're very happy to be back in session. Um, one thing that I am going to miss being full um, session is the home visits and actually connecting the entire family along with some of our students. Um, but now that we're back in session, uh, obviously the first thing that's important for us is the safety of our students and staff. Um, and then the main goal is to <clears throat> build relationships with these uh, students and let them know, just as the Clothes for Kids event, let them know that we're not just the bad guys. You know, we are here for you. Our schools are like a community for us. Um, we're getting different things coming to us on a daily basis that you can come get coming at you in the community. Um, so it gives us a chance to connect with these kids work with the staff and the resources that District 118 provides all together because they are right when they say it takes it takes an army to help um, some of these kids out. So having those resources available is really nice in our schools. I think school resource officer is, uh, is something that has a lot of myth and misconceptions surrounding it. Um, uh, to this day, people really don't, they think it's about putting armed officers in the schools to control violence, which is out of control. Which it's not, but but that's you know that's that myth that builds across a community and people begin to buy into it. Um, and I know at the high school it's taken a lot of unfair hits about violence or fighting or drugs or bad behavior or whatever. What do you see every day when you're in the high school? I see over 1,200 kids in a building all day long, five days a week. That doesn't include the staff who are together. Um, there are going to be disagreements. There are going to be issues that come up either from outside of the school that come into the school. 
um, home life, things like that. But what I want people to understand is, I'll be honest with you, I don't hear the bad um, reviews per se <laughs> very much because I don't get that coming at me. But I can tell you that I will defend that because you are going to have issues when you have 1,200 plus <clears throat> children in a building together, especially at that age group. But I will also tell you this, we have a lot of wonderful children in our district. We have a lot of wonderful staff members that are working with these children, bringing out the good things that are um, working, that they're working with as well. So I don't want people, it's natural, people usually take the negative things and you know bring it to the surface. But we also need to understand that there are a lot of wonderful kids. Even the kids that have mishaps are wonderful children. They just have a moment. They have a time where they can't control something. You're going to have fights no matter what school you're at, no matter what district, and no matter what town. Amen. So does social media make that make everything more difficult? Because we hear that from time to time, that because of the communication factor using social media, kids are uh, often quicker to fight, quicker to react, quicker to respond to whatever happens in some perhaps not appropriate manner. Do you see that as social media, the issue we think it may be? Social media is a huge issue because they are communicating before something's happening, during an incident, and even after. So then you're going to get that communication that is not just from one person to one person. It's social media that's open to multiple people or the entire community, depending on which social media platform they're using. A post on Facebook, that gets out to a lot of people. It may be something simple that the student may see or say, but then when it's perceived on the other end as a bigger issue, that becomes a problem for everybody involved. Absolutely. Officer Long, where are you at? I'm at Northridge. Okay, tell me about that. Tell me about life at Northridge. Oh, uh, glad to be back um, in the full swing of things. Like Officer Llewellyn said, the kids are back. Um, seeing the kind of the same things that she's seeing you know i mean it's and i have seventh and eighth grade kids um when i know when we first started school this year things were a little different because some of the most of the kids hadn't been in person learning they were doing remote all year last year um so it was a big change for them um and of course the million dollar question that i get asked probably 20 times a day is how many people do you arrest out of here? How many people do you do this to? And I always try to tell them that's not what we're here for. You know, and the main thing, and I always try to tell them is like, we are here to build relationships. Kind of like Officer Llewellyn said, like we're we're here to to kind of bridge that gap from the community with the police, right? And and I and I feel seventh to me seventh and eighth grade, 12, 13, 14 year old is is the prime age for me to 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 start that. It's probably <clears throat> too late. Um, well. <laughs> well, because I was going to ask you, so, <clears throat> so in your opinion, are seventh and eighth graders today the equivalent of um, juniors in high school twenty years ago? I mean, I, I it seems to me our kids are maturing quicker, facing more challenges. So, do you see more at the at the seventh and eighth grade level than perhaps uh, in my day when I was at Northridge? Sure, sure, and, and and I tell kids this a lot at Northridge too. Is like. You, when I was in seventh and eighth grade, junior high age, we didn't have to deal with all the stuff that you guys are dealing with today. Social media wasn't around. Like Officer Llewellyn said, a lot of these things, these issues that we see in the school, I would probably say 80 to 85 percent is probably due to social media posts or, you know, everything keeps going due to social media. You may have an issue that you think is resolved, 
and somebody else may go after school and post something about a fight or about what somebody said during the day and the next thing you know it always seems to spill over into school sure <clears throat> somehow and i'm not sure how um but that is where they see everybody um that's where they see each other at school all the time so things seem to spill over into school um and in we we feel like we may have it taken care of the day before and the next day we're back at square one again absolutely so officer Llewellyn, i think one of the things that fascinates me is that we're quick to come up with programs that are supposed to fix stuff but in the long run really what you two do each day in the schools actually talking to kids much like what the three kings of peace do what what mr butler and miss and pastor mccullough what they're about, and Pastor McCowan, what they're about trying to do. It's about talking to kids, because a lot of these kids, nobody talks to them. Nobody says or treats them with the respect of talking to them as a person. So isn't that a big part of what you do? It is, and every opportunity I get a chance to talk to these um, students about how to talk to other people. Um, If they're not being taught, they don't know. So what's happening? We're getting them talking to the teachers in a way that they shouldn't be, or even us as police officers or the admins. Um, but it, it's, it takes a lot of people <laughs> to make that happen. And I'll be honest with you, again, talking about the resources in our schools for us, you know, the social workers, the staff members, the admins, we utilize each other. If there's something that I'm like, eh, let's go ahead and let somebody else handle this, even though it's not a criminal matter, right? That isn't what we handle every day and all day. Um, so having that available does help and trying to get them, Hey, just so you know, I don't think this kid understands how they're supposed to talk to somebody or the staff members, hold on a minute. They may have, you know, made a comment or said something to a student that was maybe they didn't know what just happened either though. So the miscommunicating and when the kids are doing most of their communicating through social media and texting, that is hard because we're not doing that in the schools. You have to come here, you have to get your education, you have to communicate verbally. And that's, I'll be honest with you, that's tough for them because that's not what they're used to now. Yeah, they don't have it. They don't have any environment where that happens. So it's not normal. Um, and, and if you don't grow up that way, then it is, it is very foreign to you, quite frankly. And it's not their fault. Nope. We'll be back in just a moment to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. WDAN. Welcome back to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton in the studio this morning with two fine officers of the Danville Police uh, Department, Officer Danielle Llewellyn and Officer Josh Long. And they will be hosting the Clothes for Kids uh, project on November 13th at Coles. Students will be selected through the district and help with social workers and, and need and a whole bunch of officers are going to be wondering. Coles is going to be a good day for you to go to go to go to Coles and shop just to see this because you're going to see a lot of officers wandering around with little kids and saying, "You like this shirt? Do you like this one?" <laughs> and uh, it's a great project that the the department officers in the department have done for some some period of time. Both of these officers are school resource officers. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you about. What you see in terms of conflict resolution, because I'm afraid we've got a whole generation of kids that really don't know 
how to respond to an issue. You know, if you if you <clears throat> honk me off, I'm grabbing my gun. Are you seeing that? Uh, are are there ways we can get away from that? What are you looking at? So, being in the schools again, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this to the district. Um, having the resources that we have at the schools and being able to do mediation with the students, whether we as the school resource officers are involved or not, they have the staff. They know what these kids Good. need, and they do. I, I witnessed one just not too long ago. They did an amazing job actually have not had any issues in this particular incident moving forward because they utilized every possible resource that they could to make sure they followed this step to get them that conflict resolution that they needed to know about and be educated on. Do you say think that's a challenge, uh, Officer Long, the, the conflict resolution issue? Oh, yes. Yes, it is. Uh, um, and and like, like Officer Llewellyn said, the district does an amazing job. Um, I can speak for um, Miss Brooks, the principal at Northridge, um, very, very close with her students and, and very close with uh, their families and is not afraid to, to intervene and, and bring parents in to, to do some conflict resolution. She'll even bring the parents in with the kids and sit down and, and, and try to figure out what we can do to, to resolve the situation. Yeah, that's one of the reasons uh, teaching is as challenging as it is now. It used to be kids came to school, they had a few issues. I always refer to it as their little red wagons. <laughs> they were pulling with whatever family issues they were dragging behind them, and sure. now they're dragging wagons that are just overflowing with issues. And it's on our educators to take a lot of that on, unfortunately. And, uh, man, they're doing a yeoman's job to, uh, to try to help. Because, because what it is we forget, I think, is that um, if a kid's tooth hurts because he has a bad tooth, if a kid doesn't have shoes, if a, kid, if a kid doesn't have breakfast, it's real hard to get them focused mm -hmm. on math. Mm -hmm. I don't care who you are, it's hard. And we forget that too often. And that's why there's so much of this going on. And it's so much more challenging now. So what you two bring to the, uh, to the puzzle is, is pretty important and we'd appreciate it. So thank you for that, we, we really do. Um, and thank you for the fact that you are there caring about the kids, not about <clears throat> enforcing, uh, in, excuse how I say this, <laughs> not about enforcing the law, but about working with the kids. And that's, there's a fine line there. And we appreciate the fact that you, you are doing that. Okay, so, um, yeah, so you're going <clears> to <throat> be in Coles on November 13th, Saturday, 10 o'clock. And uh, helping kids shop, helping kids get to know officers. I'm excited. I'm excited. We Thank you to. both for, for coming in and talking to us. It's always good to check in with you. You're always busy. You're always <laughs> doing things. And, and again, these are two examples of your police officers who are out in the community trying to uh, make a difference. And uh, when you hear all that other stuff out there they really are very good officers and we're blessed to have a, a good department so thank you for what you do every day we appreciate it thank it's good you. to see you both thank you thank you um okay i'm back on zoom tomorrow we're going to do festival of trees we're going to have jackie vinson and mary mcmillan from the high school we're going to be talking about volunteers how you can help all the fun so uh please um get up and join us tomorrow tune in to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. I'm Linda Bolton.
Danville's Talk Station, 1490 WDAN Danville, W284DD Danville, and online at vermilioncountyfirst.com. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.